Hey, Neva. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Pedro? I, I'm alright. I'm stressed as fuck, honestly, but I'm living life, <laughs> which I'm grateful for. What's going on? Where's all the stress coming from? Time management. I really suck at time management, managing like my priorities and boundaries with things. So I've got loads of DMs and messages. I just hopped off of a Twitter space with Sharky for Sharky, um, so there's just a lot going on that I'm shuffling, really. Got like three plates, two hands type of thing. Uh, that makes sense, that makes sense. I don't know, I'm just off of like, the the university I'm at organized like a little, like, um, I don't know if it's really a party, but there was, there was free beer, so just spent like the last three hours drinking beer that was free, and it's like, great, this is fun. <laughs> it's like... I don't have I don't have the same time management issues when you have those kind of chances, to be completely honest. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm pulling up in my house, so you may hear some keys. But yeah. Yeah, of course. No problem. So I don't know. Let's start with uh, let's start with Sharky. Given you're talking about Sharky, how's so? I mean, how did you like enter Sharky? How does it work? All of those things. Yeah, for sure. So I actually got introduced uh, to Sharky by Leon Gabon. I don't know if you know Leon, um, but he recently minted out his NFT collection, uh, Moon Holdings. Only 1,600, 1600 of those, though. I do think they're going to go out in waves. Um, and he was an investor in SharkyFi. He knows the founders, Anton and Rhea. Um, for example, and they needed a community manager. Um, they started in December of 2021, so they were fairly new. And I think they needed a community manager, so he connected us. And I started March of 2022. Um, and, you know, Sharky is basically like the, the leading NFT lending protocol of Solana. Um, people go there to lend solar bottle soul. And honestly, like when I joined SharkyFi, I did not know a damn thing about lending, borrowing, defaults. Like, I was so intimidated. I didn't think I could do the job, really. But it's taught me a lot. 
to be honest with you. I now know about the lending process, the borrowing process. I know what a collateral is. Um, I also am working on like how to manage a community that actually has a product, for example, because I'm used to just being a community manager for NFT projects that just have a collection, not a product, no utility, you know what I mean? So it's super interesting um, working with Sharky, for sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, Sharky has been very powerful in terms of like NFT lending. I think they're definitely the first protocol that really made it like big. Even though we already had Yaw that had NFT lending, Sharky really made it like what NFT lending is today. And uh, I imagine it's going to drive more uh, more competition, especially with Citrus from FFF coming out. But we'll see what gives with all that. So I mean, back to like the community aspect. Where did you? How did you enter like the community role? Because I imagine you kind of already had that community management role in other in other NFT groups, but so how did you kind of transition to that position? Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, I know I've been full time in Web three since October of 2021, um, and I I have been like in the community section since I've started working, and I, I just basically already knew about Discord. I was already in Discord. I was in a few um, for stock trading so I think I was just learning about stocks I was the one that that was asking the questions but then I became the one answering the questions and I think I just build up trust so in this discord in particular dumb money um, I was building trust within that discord answering questions then I became like a moderator there and I think someone from the crypto section of that discord um, made their own made their own project, made their own NFT collection. And they basically reached out to me, asked me to be a moderator there, which was really turned into like a community management thing. Um, Cause they're two different things, but it's really a moderate, a community manager is an expansion of a moderator in my opinion. Um, so it started off like that. And the person who was in this dumb money stock trading discord with me that created their own project was Jack Sheik. You know, I'm going to bring up the rug. Uh, Neo Nexus is where I first began. Yeah. So the, only the OGs will know about that because I know it was it was when metaverses were a meta. So we were definitely popping off, you know, minted a few waves while Solana was 200 to 250. Um, so I learned a lot then. You know, the main thing and the main takeaway from working for a project that you know, one day I thought was going somewhere and the next day they were telling me I'm not getting paid. The main takeaway from that is like managing your finances. Make sure you know the founders, the founding team knows what they're doing. Because, uh, you know, when you mint out at, when Solana is 200 to 250, but you don't want to stable any of that Solana and Solana goes down 60% you kind of lose out on some money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of go south. So, but that's where I began. And I, I still am very, very grateful for that because it put me on the radar, you know? So yes, it is a rug, but after it rugged, people knew my name by then. People, you know, trusted me by then. So instantly people realize I'm out of a job. So they're, they're in my DMs asking me if I want to work for them. Um, so I, and then I came to the conclusion with Sharky because it was a no-brainer to me. Um, just you know, thinking about me on on like a human level, Sharky was more sustainable to work for because, like I said, it's not just an NFT collection; it's an actual protocol 
that will actually generate revenue, which we are now. So that to me, it was like, well, of course I'm taking this job over any other one because this seems like the most sustainable, you know, any other NFT collection without a product, they're just pump and dumps, most of them. So that's why I chose Sharky and that's where I began for sure. Um, so yeah, and I have worked for other projects and I do moderate for other discords and overall I do like to just be connected within the ecosystem paid or not so I do moderate other discords like uh, chill chat dare Molus supply chain project which he got his creatures meant I'm cupping um what else I might oh moon holdings I do help moderate moon holdings by Leon Gabon but you know I'm just I'm around I'm around town <laughs> yeah for sure I mean I think the moderation part i never i've never actually worked in like the moderation part of discords because i don't think i wouldn't i wouldn't manage to spend like all the time on discord actively answering people i'll just like jump from one to the other fuck around talk to people then move to another come back a month later something like that <laughs> yeah. so i mean how does how important because i think we talk a lot about community and on a personal standpoint i think one of the reasons that i've stayed in crypto is mostly because of the people I think I joined like many others for money and stayed mostly for the people. So how do you think like that, the genuine community aspect and not just the people that you meet plays a role, not only for like the importance of Web3, but also for how Sharky has been able to grow? Mm, that's a good question. I'm going to take the first part first um, for the importance of Web3, but I was just talking about this and the Queendom DAO's Twitter space uh, a couple hours ago, but I definitely came into this market because of the money, because of the investment and the technology. Little did I know I would stay for the people, I would stay for the connections and the networking, you know what I mean? So that, and that was just the whole, that's how I'm making it today. You know, like I was talking about how I started working in Web3, it's because of the connections I was making and the people I was beginning to trust and beginning to trust me. So I definitely think the community aspect is 100% important. And without community, there would be like no Web3 um, at all. You know what I'm saying? So, and then in regards to like Sharky and having a community pre-Mint before we had an NFT collection, it was really, really hard to grow a community or even connect with the community. People yeah. were really just coming to the Discord and Twitter for support issues. And that still happens now. But now that we have an NFT collection, you know, that brings people together. They're, they're making money together, investing into something together, even if it's for different ideas or different strategies. Um, now that we have an NFT collection that has brought our community together to be more solidified, more mature, you know, there's now a common denominator. So we're starting to do campaigns. We're starting to vibe out and engage with the community more um seeing like how we can give away fishy give away more sharks um and on that aspect but yeah without without people without community there would be no web3 in my opinion because and it's just like the internet this is just like another internet you know what i'm saying without people the internet would not have became what it was because at first it was something we created then it became, you know, something for creators, um, the internet did. So this is just another internet, in my opinion. And we definitely need people to, um, like you were talking about earlier, drive competition, drive connections, and just drive expansion. Without people, it would just stay stagnant. Um, 
you know, almost, you know what I'm saying? I, I do love Bitcoin, but Bitcoin also would stay stagnant without people investing into it. Yeah, for sure. Now that we got the ordinals and stuff out, but mm-hmm. I'm just going off on a fucking tangent now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it completely, like, I'll go on my own tangent. I think the community side makes me think of like just a random thought that I've had recently. It's you look at like general society and like conversations that people have. And uh, like I have a, a certain Hispanic background, and you realize that Hispanic people and mostly Latino people, they have a very strong like family bond of who you are with your parents, your grandparents, your cousins, and it really becomes like a whole family. And it's not comparable at all to like the nuclear family that you have in the U.S. of like mom, dad, son, daughter, or something like that. And it's interesting how you see that. I feel, and maybe I'm like have misconceptions on this, but society has moved from something that was a lot more about family and about those communities that you have um, within like a smaller town where everyone knows each other to then having this whole world of globalization where supposedly you're supposed to be more interconnected, but more human connections have been kind of lost. And then you get into web three and I feel like it's an, it's its own renewal of it, even if it's online. And I'm sure a lot of people argue, Oh, it's online. It doesn't mean the same thing, but people are looking for these connections. And if anything, COVID was really a proof that people were genuinely trying to get closer to others, which is like, it's interesting to see how Web3 kind of fills that gap and NFTs allow you to get into that connection. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. COVID expanded um, and increased like, it just showed a lot of things. I know COVID started like around 2020 or it got big um, or bad in 2020. And I also watched the YouTuber and he was like, 2020 is perfect vision. You know, some things in this year is showing us a lot that we need to see. And I do think COVID shown us like we actually crave human connection. We don't, we don't really want to be at work all day in our homes all day. We crave human connection. That's like our, our human nature, you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely agree. Um, and I just lost my point of what what else I was going to say. You said something towards the end that I wanted to reply to, uh, but I, I forgot. Maybe it was something along the lines of um, how Web3 has facilitated that with NFTs and the oh, creation yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I was just going to say Web3 definitely has shown us because, you know, we all crave um, you know, feeling cared for, feeling like we're a part of a community. And that is definitely what Web3 is here for. I've heard so many times people just being grateful that they found Web3 because they found people. They found like their tribe that their vibe attracted, for example. Um, so and that's like with any human, that's also human nature, just wanting to feel um feel like you're a part of something. So with NFTs, you know, considering we're both SMBs, for example, that makes me feel like I'm a part of something. This is my very first time being a part of like a big um, DAO or a big project. And it does feel damn good. I've always looked at D-Gods a type of way, like, damn, I wish I had a D-God, for example. So now that I have an SMB, it does feel, it does feel good um, being a part of a community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I think like SMBs as like the NFT project, obviously more monkey DAO, right? But it was interesting because I think I've always had my eyes on them. And then I bought mine right before the FTX crash. So, oh my God. 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We were at Lisbon. We were in Lisbon for like Breakpoint, right? And um, and FTT, so FTX's token, started slightly dipping. And then Sol also starts slightly dipping in price. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I can actually have an entry into SMBs that's acceptable. So I buy it. I go to sleep. The next morning, I've lost $2,000. Holy I'm shit. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you, has it like surpassed where you bought it at yet? Yeah. Though, or is it? Yeah, yeah, I think right now I'm in the I'm in the green, which is fairly impressive, honestly. It's like you know yeah. what, I'll like, I'll take it. And anyway, yeah, I was gonna say there's no timing the market. Sometimes you bought yeah. it at a good time in the long run for sure. That's exactly. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I don't think I want to sell it because to a certain extent, I kind of build the face around this SMB, mm -hmm. and it's like if I don't have this SMB, you have that identity attached to it, and super yeah. powerful. You create your identity picture that isn't actually your own irl face it creates a different persona where you can really be yourself which i think a lot of people probably like in web3 i like it i kind of i don't know how i feel about it to be honest like i agree now that i have uh, like i'm in monk down i have this as my pfp i don't think i'm ever going to want to change it but beforehand and even still now i don't know how i feel about it because i agree but at the same time, I don't want me, I don't want myself to be attached to something that could eventually be stripped from me. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's just like who I am spiritually. I don't like being attached to things outside of me. So when I, when I see me becoming attached to a profile picture, or I see my brand surrounding like my profile picture, I get iffy around it. So I am like dogs. Like I used to have my PFP up sometimes. I mean, I used to have my face up on my profile picture and I might change it to my face again, just because everything's surrounded by me and my face and not like another project, another collection, something that I didn't make, for example. But it's just a good point, and I just wanted to say that because I don't know. I might have a different I, – I feel like I have a, a different perspective than the majority of people in Web3, like you said. Like, I don't, I don't know if I like necessarily being attached to my profile picture and surrounding my brand around it. Because, um, like, what if MonkDAO or SMBs go to zero or rug overnight? Then I'm definitely changing this shit. <laughs> you know, is that like a rebrand for me? Yeah, but of course. I don't know. No, I get it. I think I like having it attached to my brand in the sense that you have this profile picture that represents your identity. It's very recognizable. And so it helps you. But on the other hand, of course, if you change it, it wrecks everything. And it's no longer that much in your hands, which is why like one of the things that I've done is that blue background, because at least I have some distinctive feature that's completely my choice. And no one can steal that RGB code from me. Like, it's... Mm. It, Okay, I figured, I, I didn't know that actually. I knew something looked different about yours because I, I don't think I've seen a blue background on any other SMB. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that you did that personally. Do you I know a bunjil? Yeah, yeah, I know bunjil. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Because he, uh, he has like um, in the library from like Lily NFTs, they have the library, which is a place where you can read up on a bunch of things, crypto or non-crypto yeah. related. Yeah. One of them, the chapter on branding, written by Bunjil. And uh, he was like, get your own color. And so I was like, okay, I'll get my own color. And um, and I went on Bunjil's website. I did a control inspect on his orange. I took the RGB code. And uh, instead of making it red, I made it blue. And that's the blue that I have. 
it's the exact same numbers for the like RGB code. Holy shit. Yeah. Now that's what I call branding. You know what I'm saying? So even if you had to change your profile picture, it's that blue and same with Bungel. So damn, this is actually valuable. It makes me feel a bit more different about what I just said, because I could easily change or edit something onto my profile picture that to make it consistently me regardless. So I might do that. Damn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can use like the purple background or you can choose any color you want. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's been very interesting. I actually, because I, I wrote a few threads in the like late 2022, early 2023. And one of the things that I was doing was attaching graphics to the threads. And I would always use, I'd either use random GIFs on Twitter that I liked, or I'd put something that I made myself, which always used the blue color. And I've seen a couple other people doing it, notably Crypto Conan, who does these threads and he has his own very distinctive style of like a couple pastel colors and like streaks of a bit brighter colors with his own ute pfp and it's worked very well because it's very eye-catching and it looks very professional <laughs> so i like i look at my blue it's very bright it doesn't feel that professional but what he's done is really cool and i i genuinely really like it it's an interesting approach to to branding it definitely is. And branding isn't even something that I thought about before Web3 either. So it's interesting to me just learning about it and learning about personal brand, which I think is important outside of Web3 or in Web2. It's just knowing how to brand yourself, your niche, what are you good with? Because um, like like you said, if people think of Pedro, they're going to think of blue. People think of Bunjil or they see orange, they're going to think of Bunjil. And that's like strong when you can take a symbol and someone sees that symbol and automatically thinks of you, that's like strong as shit in my opinion. Um, yeah. So it's just an interesting topic of branding overall for me. Cause it is something that I'm just now, you know, talking about if I was just working a nine to five regularly in the U S I definitely wouldn't give a fuck about branding. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like, the interesting thing about Brandy is that it, to a certain extent, it's kind of just affirming your own identity and putting it out there. But obviously you, you choose which identity you take, right? So you can obviously put a front of not being who you are, but it's so useful like to be able to create this person that you are and people can know that you are this. The values that you align with are A, B, and C. And you recognize this with like a couple of different things. And obviously you see it everywhere around the world. Like if you look at Nike, you have this, the swoosh and it's uh, just do it, right? It's that alignment of things that really doesn't need to be limited. It's a brand is the identity of a company. So. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, I had some questions for you, but I don't know if that could, could I ask questions for you? Yeah, yeah of course. Hit me. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because I'm, I'm, as we keep talking, I'm interested in, like, what got you into Web3 as well? Um, like, what got you into the space? What made you stay into the space, for example? I don't know why I thought about that as you were speaking, but I'm just like, where, man, where did this guy come from? So I'm interested to know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually a fairly, a fairly simple story. I was, in, I was in math class in high school, and, uh, and a friend showed up, and he was like, I bought this token for 20 cents and it's now worth two dollars and i was like dude that's awesome i want it <laughs> you just like 10 like 10 extra profit and that was pancake swap on binance back when it was worth 20 cents 
and uh and at which point i kind of spent a bit more time on uh on that i started mining ethereum because i couldn't put fiat into ethereum into like crypto i didn't have any fiat to start with anyways but so that and then and then i got a job with those same friends who started their own company which has now become honey and uh, and from there we moved to solana started talking to people on solana bought nfts and uh it's really that it's like you get into solana nfts and then little by little you just go down the rabbit hole <laughs> i feel like it's kind of similar same with anyone it's like you you get your first nft and then that's it you've fallen off the cliff you're down there yeah it definitely <laughs> i do think that's like a highly that works with everyone because my partner for example just got into nfts and web3 um as a photographer and I didn't even have to tell her much. She just found a Twitter space, found a community she vibed with. And now her ass be on Twitter space is like every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's definitely a rabbit hole that people don't expect. But when you fall, you fall deep for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of fun. I think there's quite a bit of stigma from the outside world on what NFTs, crypto, Web3 is, about how it's a, like a Ponzi or MLMs or whatever whatever like fancy word someone has heard in the media. But if you really get into it, at the end of the day, it's still people having fun and doing their own thing. And while a lot of the stuff can like not seem that smart or makes that much sense, it's there are people that genu genuinely have a mission that have like something they want to like push towards. And then there are just people who have found a family and who have found people that they enjoy being with or a vibe that they enjoy having which is really awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and that's probably why the rabbit hole is there because we discover something that we didn't even know um, was a thing or that we craved, for example. Um, like I said, I stayed here for the people and it's amazing. Like the, the, the quote, your net worth is your network is 100% yeah. the thing. And I, on I only think that's true because as you expand your connections, you're also expanding opportunity. Um, you know, opportunity is all around. So that's one of the affirmations I like to say personally. I don't know if you're into affirmations, but opportunity is all around. Yeah, I think the way I look at the, like that, that saying your network is your net worth or your net worth is your network. I don't remember which way, which way it is, but your network is even more than just your net worth. Because obviously it can drive financial opportunities, but it also drives all of the like personal identity and like that well, exactly the affirmation of who you are and those interactions that you have. And like um, uh, uh, my dad actually mentioned something along the lines of um, what, at the end of the day, the experiences that you have, they're the best when you share them with someone. And I don't necessarily agree with it all the time, but I think it's true that it's very it's still very powerful to like the the best experiences that you have are often because you had them with someone and you were able to smile together and be happy together laugh together all of this whether it's with one person or like a group of friends so agreed definitely agreed although i solitude is bliss sometimes too so i very agree true. With that, but also can have some fun with ourselves just wanted to point that out there because I know someone might listen to this and be like true like I always want to hang out with someone like yeah but hang out with yourself sometimes every now and then too yeah. which is 
part of why I'm a little stressed lately. I know I told you I was stressed earlier, but I've just not been taking time for myself, by myself. Um, so I just have to slow down a bit sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. It's There's like a social battery that ends up getting uh, mm -hmm. completely emptied for sure. But, yeah. 100%. So at this point, you're a full-time Web3, right? Yeah, full-time since October 2021, which I'm grateful for because it got me out of corporate America, which is trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, what made you – what convinced you to make the jump? Because I think a lot of people have the trouble of, like, either it's unstable, crypto might go to hell, um, you don't have the – like, you don't actually have the money for it. There's a bunch of different factors that would that would worry you about it. So what helped you, like, make the jump and convince you that it was worth it? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, to be honest, I don't like I didn't have a job already because um, I did get out of corporate America. My last job I worked in corporate America was as a pharmacy technician for Chewy, which is just like a, a pet thing, um, a pet medicine thing. They ship all, all over 50 states of America. So I just like filled pet prescriptions and boxed up the orders and shit like that. Um, and they actually fired me one day um, and it was super toxic. So they fired me saying I didn't work five of my 10 hour shift, um, even though they have cameras everywhere, even though I do believe I was one of the best workers there, you know, showed up every day, did my job. Um, but I do question things, you know, I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. So when I feel there are questionable things happening, whether that's in management, whether that's with my coworkers, I'm going to speak out about it. And I was working in a new building that day. And I don't think the, the manager in that new building liked the way I moved. He definitely didn't like the way I was questioning him and his authority. So he went to HR, said I wasn't working, and they fired me. HR lady straight out laughed in my face. They have cameras. They know I was working. Like, Pedro, if I wasn't working five out of ten hours, I would be home sleep, that ass. I would be off the premises. <laughs> you ain't going to see me. <laughs> like, what am I going to be doing for those five hours? So after they fired me, it was like probably a month or two. And I was vibing. You know, I, I do like to take care of myself financially. So I, I luckily was saved up and I was not going paycheck to paycheck. So I was able to be or not have a job for a few months. And that's when I just dove deeper into crypto and NFTs, really, into the communities. Um, and things just fell into place there. So it, it really wasn't even a jump or transition I had to make. But it was just an opportunity or a chair or a door wide open for me. Like, I had a door open for anything and everything. And that just happened to be the first thing that came. You know what I mean? Um, if it was another corporate America job that may have paid better, treated me better, maybe I would be doing that now. But this is definitely the opportunity that showed up first, and I'm grateful for that. But if I did have a job, um, if I did have a job and had to make the transition, I would just like outweigh the positive and ne positives and negatives because, yes, this is a risky market, and you may not know if the project's going to be there. You don't even know if crypto's going to be there. The government can regulate at any time and just strip it. You know what I'm saying? But with risk comes reward. Um, so this is a risky business, but I definitely, you know, am being treated well. I'm seeing the most personal and professional growth for myself that I've ever seen. And it does come with like, you know, a decent amount of pay to where I can have food on the table. 
So I, I do think I would still be able to have made the transition, even if I had a job, um, just because of the opportunities um, that this came with versus going to work from 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day. <laughs> of course. That's all, I mean, it's pretty nice, I think, to be able, like, as much as it's obviously not that smooth given you get fired, but to be able to, like, move into it and for it to make sense, it's, um, like, I would, I think it would be a much more of a struggle if you really had to, like, face the choice of, like, is this worth trying, right? Especially that, I like, you joined it, like, at the peak of the bull run, right? So, like, at the right, time, yeah, yeah like, you have all the vibes at that point, and you're like, okay, this makes sense. But then it goes down, and then it goes further down, and then you have Terra, and then you have FTX. It's like, oh, shit. So, like, were, were there any moments where you were worried and you thought that you have to go back into, like, the old job and the corporate America and all of that? Or were you always fairly confident that what you were doing was going to work? Yeah, no, I've not really ever been worried, thankfully. It's, it's about confidence, but it's also about faith. So I do mention affirmations a lot, but everything will fall into place. Opportunities are all around me. I do try to keep like a positive mindset about things and to, to keep trust in my faith. I'm a firm believer if you take that leap of faith, Whatever you believe in is right behind you to push you along. It's just about knowing what you want, affirming what you want, and putting the action towards that. So I've never really been worried, you know. Um, if something happens, I, I'm a believer that something else will come up. For example, I lose a friend. I, I gain two, three more friends. I, I, I lose a house and then suddenly I can afford a mansion. That's just how it's been working for me. And that's because I'm, I'm trying or I am building up the mindset to think positively and have faith. So even if like the whole crypto market fell down, luckily I gained all the connections and I networked enough to where I do know realtors, for example. If the crypto market goes down, let me learn about real estate. So I've never really been worried um, I, I feel like if I were to be worried, it would be definitely realistic, but it would also imply, like you said, not having confidence in what I'm doing. And when you give out that kind of energy, your faith or whatever you believe in definitely takes in that kind of energy. So when you're not confident, you can just keep affirming like, damn, something's going to happen. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm just concerned or worried. So there's, there's been some worries or not even worries there's just been I've just really just been chilling um I know with the market down like you said I did start in this shit in the bull market so it's an extremely different market from now and I've really just been vibing out you got to stay open um got to be proactive got to watch how things go so is it hard seeing Solana go from 260 to 20 hell yeah it is but <laughs> I'm going to see it go right back there, hopefully, plus okay. more, you know, and now I've got much more Solana to where if it does go back to 250 plus, yeah. I'm, you know, I've, I've got money and I'm definitely going to take profit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with all the affirmations, like, what do you, what's the affirmation now? Because you have the job, it's working well. What's the next step? What are you looking forward to? Mm, that's a good question. I usually do use the same affirmations just to keep myself level-headed. 
Um, but I, I am going to continue like doing what I'm doing with Sharky, working in Web3. However, I do want to expand to other markets. So I know in my bio, it says I'm in the NFT, stock, crypt- crypto, but real estate soon. I definitely do and I will and I am starting the process of getting into real estate this year um and i'll just keep affirming myself along that way that everything will fall into place and i learned i love that affirmation because it can kind of turn chaos into subtle beauty you know everything falling into place is kind of like a lot of pieces or something falling down falling apart just for you to watch it come all together on the ground beneath you you know what i mean so that's I'm just trucking along, going to try to get into the real estate market, going to stay in this market. And I love to speak, you know, thank you for inviting me on to this podcast, but I definitely have a podcast of my own that I have not been focusing on. So I need to start saying and affirming affirmations in regards to that. But those, those are a few things that I'm looking forward on or things that I am keeping in the back of my mind to, that I want to do. Yeah, of course. And so do you think that you like mostly look at like what you're doing as a general rule, kind of just like as a step by step process of like, okay, right now I'm doing this. Next up, I want to focus on real estate and then podcast and kind of just seeing how it goes on a day to day basis, like week to week. Or do you have right now, is there like something that you want to achieve in life that's maybe, I don't know, further yeah, is there anything you want to achieve in life that's further than just the next step? Or are you comfortable going at this at your own pace and seeing what happens? Mm, yeah, it's really going like day by day. But like I said, actions are always important too. So I, I do go day by day um, and I do work on myself every day. So I've got things that will come into fruition in the future, things that I can work on now. But I do just take it daily. Um, Like I said, I'd be stressed as fuck. So when I'm stressed, I just take a step back, one step at a time. Like, what am I doing? What are my priorities? Priorities is a huge word for me because there's a a lot of things to do. But what is the most important to me? What can make the most impact? That's the things that I'm learning to do that will probably stress me out a little less. Um, knowing how to prioritize things. But yeah, I'm just going day by day, knowing things will fall into place super young. You know, I I am only 22 years old, so I am chilling, straight chilling. I know I I want so many things put together, but I know being my age, how many people my age have that many things together? You know what I'm saying? So I do try to remind myself of those things too. Um, and just go day by day, have my goals, put forth the action, but also chill days. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really just try to go with the flow. I'm a huge believer if we were all like water, then everything would work so smoothly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, I don't even know if I answered your question. I'd just be all over the place, but I'd be in, <laughs> in no place at the same time. No, I think you did. But, I mean, I it, it totally makes sense. It's the idea of just kind of yeah moving along and seeing what happens and i think it has its own beauty like some people have a goal that they want to go towards Mm -hmm. and i don't it's not always going to be i think you set yourself up for disappointment to a certain extent if you do that because you'll have expectations and if you have those expectations it might not go well but at the same time if you have that expectation and you push yourself towards that point it might be even more fulfilling than if you didn't have it it's um it's its own deal 
but yeah, I get it. And so it's, it makes sense to go with the flow, I think. Mm-hmm. And then is yeah, there, sure. so um, yeah. Oh no. And the, on the thing you were talking about expectations is that's also something I'm learning too, is when you expect a lot and then it disappoints you, it's such like a, a knee, a blow to the knee. So I do try to not expect much, but do prepare for everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's all I wanted to say in regards to your point on expectations. Yeah, I think there's that saying, it's like prepare for the worst, uh, hope for the best, something like that. And I yeah, think that makes yeah. sense for expectations, right? It's like you need to know what's the worst that can happen and be ready for that. But if the best happens, it's like, okay, awesome. I'll go with that, right? And it's, uh, I mean, it, it's a very logical way to see things, I guess. Exactly. So you mentioned your podcast. How how long has that been going on and what's kind of been the objective around that? Man, I don't know how long I've been having this podcast. I think I made it in like 2018 or 2019. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. I also... I also made a YouTube around that. This is just when I was really, um, quote unquote, awakening or my eye was opening. Um, and I had a lot of shit to say. You know, I do want to speak my own truth and I do want to encourage others to speak their own truth. And I do want to um, influence people should, like just positively. So 2018, 2019 was when that all started for me, created a podcast, created a YouTube. And the intention behind that was just that, just to reach out to people, to encourage and influence them positively. Um, And on the podcast and on my YouTube, I really just talk about shit that either isn't talked about a lot, people don't really want to hear about, or my truth. You know, I have a lot of truths. I feel like a lot of truths need to be said. And some people, most of us, either don't want to hear the truth or we're not ready for it. And I've experienced that. Like, <laughs> as I say more and more things, sometimes it becomes controversial and you, you'll be like, damn, I don't know why I said that. But it was the truth. Shit. Um, so that was just my, that is my intention behind the podcast and YouTube. It's just speaking my own truth, influencing and encouraging people to do the same and start thinking for ourselves. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people want people, others to think for them. A lot of people depend on the government. A lot of people depend on others. And sometimes we have to, which is very understandable. But if we don't have to, and we're just comfortable with that, that's what's not okay, in my opinion. So that was just my intentions behind creating those things. And honestly, I can't shut up about it once I, um, I guess it's like taking, I don't know if you know about the matrix or red pill, blue pill, but it's like the equivalent of taking a, a red pill or whatever. Like I awaken and I can't go back type shit. Like I can't shut up. (laughs) It's kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, I've had a, I've seen obviously everything about the matrix and red pill, blue pill. And obviously I think to a certain extent, you kind of have to agree with it. If you, if you think about it for longer than a minute, because there's a reality that you're not, there's a world where you're probably not completely in control and you kind of have to try to like think for yourself, get out of that bubble and kind of like push your own path. But I have, 
let's see, I think the most controversial and most popular figure to have spoken about the matrix in like the last few months is obviously Andrew Tate, right? And there's one thing that I've thought about this guy and it's the fact that he's often said that like, I'm out of the matrix or you have to get out of the matrix because there's obviously like the overarching people that have power and that can control this. But how realistic would it be that you have these people that have like this like Illuminati or whatever you want to call it that control the matrix and that would have allowed someone to speak out about it with such strength? Because I can believe someone forging their own path and being able to control it in their own way on their own personal level. But once you start going to a level of influence and popularity that like that figure has reached, I wonder how realistic the outlook of being able to say I'm outside of the matrix is just like a thought that I'd had recently. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes uh, like what I was saying, speak your own truth, but be prepared for like the, the feedback because I don't know, saying you're outside of the matrix to people that you think are quote unquote in the matrix, just going off of those words kind of is kind of counterproductive and what I was saying like some people don't want to hear the truth some people don't want to accept your truth some people can't they have other truths so I don't know I don't know much about Andrew Tate but I do know that dude has got some wild ass views he's controversial and I think just about every other woman hates him but I don't know much about the dude. I haven't spent time like that. Uh, I don't even know how he got popular, really. Uh, wasn't it like TikTok or something? I have no clue. I think something along the lines of TikTok and YouTube Reels. Basically, ah, oh, wait, I do know. He had a Ponzi scheme, basically. He had this thing where it was like, um, pay 50 bucks. You join a Discord or something. And on that Discord, I mean, this is what rumor has it. I haven't, I'm not on that Discord, so I can't tell you exactly what it is. But on that Discord, you could basically you could create your own referral link for people to join the Discord to get like a percentage of the price of joining the Discord. And so people would just make a bunch of YouTube videos of him and say, oh, you want to make money? Join the Discord. Pay 50 bucks and they get a referral and then they become rich. So it's a Ponzi oh, wow. scheme at its finest, really. <laughs> but. Oh, wow. That's obviously, like, the rumor. I, I can't know, but yeah. Yeah, I have no clue. Um, but his controversial views definitely got him more in the, more in the eyes of people. So, hey, if that, was, if that was his plan, it definitely worked. Yeah. I mean, apparently he also got more than he bargained for, given he's in jail. But <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Anyways, that was just like an, uh, a tangent and not parte. But so is there, you mentioned like your own truth that some people don't necessarily like hearing. Have you ever had negative, like particularly negative or particularly positive feedback on something that you've said uh, publicly on your podcast, on Twitter, with like friends, something along those lines? Um, I get positive feedback a lot, especially when I start talking about universal laws and just like science, like science is nothing to argue with. So, you know, a few things that interest me that we learned in like middle school, high school is something like, um, 
energy can never be created nor destroyed, only created. So I took that law and applied it to life. You know, some people believe in reincarnation, some people don't. I have no clue what I believe in, but that law alone tells me that reincarnation may be a thing. Like my next life, I might be a tree, for example. Um, And these are kind of like feedbacks and truths, or these are kind of truths I say that, you know, is typically positive. Also, I'll get people to be like, well, I haven't thought about that before. Um, But yeah, um, the only time I've really received negative feedback, hey, Issa Hoddle, by the way, shout out Issa Hoddle. I know we spoke about Neo Nexus earlier. I know that guy from Neo Nexus. So shout out to him. I hope your bags have recovered, dude. Um, glad to see you're still in the space. <laughs> um, but shit, what were we talking about? What were we talking about, Adrian? Fuck. Um, universal laws and oh, conservation yeah, yeah. of energy. That one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only time I receive negative feedback is when politics come into play. Politics are is very... Um, it make it politics drive separation. Like it definitely makes things intense. I don't know why that is. I don't know what happened in the world to make politics so damn intense. But apparently, even as adults, if we disagree on politics, we are no longer friends. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Like you can vote for someone else that I don't vote for, and we can still have all of the other similarities that we had before. But politics come into play, and it it gives someone it gives people. I think it puts people in emotion. It, it puts ego up for sure. Um, so that's the only time I receive negative feedback is when I start talking about politics. So I tried to stay. I, I try to stay away from that. Even though when I first got into politics, I loved it. I loved the positive negative feedback. I was like, damn, this is getting under people's skin. Like this is pressing people's buttons. And <laughs> yeah. I felt like it needed to be done. <laughs> But then it became so debilitating, like emotionally. I was like, all right, I guess I'll stop talking about politics. Y'all do you. I'm going to do me. I'll just talk about conservation of energy. Like, so, so, yeah. I, but the, the main takeaway, though, that I love getting is just feedback in general. Positive, negative. Whenever I get feedback, my... Can you hear me? Yeah, I think it rugged for half a second. Yeah, but yeah I got a call. Enough. My bad, I got a call. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's feedback no in itself is my way of, you know, the universe or God or whatever you want to believe in tells me to keep going. If it's negative feedback, that's like it trying to lean me towards another street. If it's positive pe- feedback, that's whatever I believe in telling me to keep going. So I just love doing things and getting feedback back in general. If I don't get feedback, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm not influencing others. I'm not encouraging others. So, um, yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore, for real. Yeah, I know. I think what you said does make sense, though. The idea of feedback and how it pushes you forward. I think, it, like, I genuinely, I typically do want to have, like, other people's opinions to, like, kind of get a grasp for it. Because as much as you can take a step back personally, it's not always enough to exactly see the outside perspective and the outside perspective will always be important as much as like the inside perspective is equally important but yeah um i had a thought and i think i've completely forgotten oh i had two thoughts i think one part is the the laws of physics um i do mechanical engineering so i like i'm frequently confronted to laws of physics and there was one thing that and i don't really know where i'm going with this is that the reality of laws of physics isn't so much that they're fundamental laws that they're 
and that they're always true. It's, and maybe I'm wrong about this. It's just a random thought that I've had as a student. It's that it's the way humanity has seen the world and attempted to explain it. And we found that the world around us is explained by these laws, but even these laws, typically they work on assumptions. They're always based on like where, what we're, where we're looking at the world from or what world we're actually looking at. And it's interesting to see how not only are these laws very useful because they can, well, exactly as you say, be used in affirmations to kind of drive your world, but a lot of these laws to a certain extent are just humanity explaining the world around them. And it's like a necessity to understand and to explain the unknown. Damn, that's honestly a powerful thought. Cause I think I've had a similar thought, but you either reminded me of it or you just gave me the same thought because yeah, like you said, these laws of physics can explain the way the world works, but does it really when it's just like one of our perspectives of how it's working or a few sciences, scientists' perspective of how the world works? Um, even though there's many of those perspectives out there, but damn, dude, you just blew my mind. I don't even know what to say after that. And it's it's a very valid point, and it's why I'm super interested in science and spirituality, and I believe they both do connect. Um, but it'll be it'll be a revolutionary day. Excuse me, by the way. I think I just burped on the mic without. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it'll be a revolutionary day um, when we finally are able to comprehend how the world works. Um, but I don't even know if that day will ever come to have a universal way of understanding. Because, like you said, we have the laws of physics that could understand the universe, but even other people still have different perspectives and even with religion like I'm gonna bring religion up but I am a firm believer all religions are truth all religions are the same just from a different perspective I don't know what was the first religion ever created but you notice how it funnels down it's just another person's perspective and how they view that religion interpreted differently and so it became a different religion and I I do think this is the way the world works a lot um, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I agree. I was going to talk about religion as well. I think religion is kind of a lot of of scientific people believe in religion, and I think religion is kind of a precursor to science because it's its own way of explaining the world around us. So you have a god that's like Vulcan in uh, in Greek mythology, which is the god of well, not only that, but um, volcanoes. So it's like a fucking disaster happened. Oh, it's because this God that we don't understand that we can't control is mad, but it's a way to explain what's actually going on the same way science will explain what's going on. But at a time where we didn't have the capacities to look at the world and how exactly it was working and are they incompatible? No, not necessarily. Maybe there is a God that's Vulcan and maybe he's the reason that the tectonic plates are fucking around, but it's its own, its own vision of life. And then, on like the topic of religion, I've had like a somewhat of a mentor in my life who's a, a devout Christian, and um, I had a, a very many interesting conversations with him. He was of very confident in the fact that Christianity was like the one true religion, and that they kind of all come back to this one religion. Now, whether I agree on it or not, I'm not. I still don't know as much as I've spoken to him. Um, but it's always very interesting to see the impact of religion and how you can really on, on people 
I still think it's a like whichever religion you're part of, whether you think it's a good thing, whether they're all the same, as a general rule, they're pretty good in their purest form. Yeah, it also circles back to like um, what we were talking about in Web3 and, and feeling like you're a part of something too, with religion being a group of people usually or having a group of people having the same beliefs. I do think religion can be positive in a sense where it makes people uh, feel like they're a part of something, you know, someone thinks similar to me, similar to me. Um, So yeah, but just to put it out there, I'm not a religious person. I do uh, see myself as spiritual, which I don't know even how to explain what is what. I don't know how to explain. I feel like religion is more so believing in someone else when spirituality is believing in you and your power. Yeah, I think that's that's what I can explain, yeah. That can make sense. I think I I'm not a religious person either, but I'm I've generally come to the opinion that it's nice to think that there's some kind of an entity above. Is it a god? Is it a simulation? Is it what is it? I don't know. But it seems so much easier. And I think this is every all of humanity has come to that conclusion in, in a sense, as a general rule. That's why you have religion. It's to explain the unexplainable because we have the big bang which is the start of the universe like that's kind of like the starting point like t is equal to zero is that point of view but what was there before that what provoked that and if you find an answer to that from science what was there even before that and before that something had to start how did how did something come from absolute nothing and that's the question it's just so like imagining it is so fucked like what was there man i don't even want to go down it i don't want to think about it just like uh you know the opposite how this shit was created how does this shit end thinking about death and what happens after death is such like a i don't know it's kind of like a crumbling crumbling whatever i'm trying to say thought uh, when when yeah. I used to think about death and what happens after, I kind of got like into an existential crisis. I'm like, all right, Same. let me just stay into the moment. That's when that's when you go back into the moment, and that's when you realize the moment is all there is. Really, I, I also am a firm believer that the moment is all there is. The past is the past; it no longer longer exists. The future is the future; it hasn't even happened yet. And so, when we actually get self aware of ourselves, our emotion, our thoughts. You guys will actually realize, and I'm talking to everyone in the audience too, but be aware of your thoughts and realize sometimes when you're emotional, it's because of shit that ain't even here. It's not even happening. It's either something that was in the past or something that's not even here yet in the future, which you don't even know if it's coming because no one can tell the future. So firm believers, stay in the present moment. That's where the power happens. That's where happiness begins. Shout out to Eckhart Tolle. I think I read his book, The Power of Now, and that got me into the whole mindset of now. Like, you know, be in the moment, live in the moment, and that's where you can find happiness. Not in the past, not in the future. It's like, oh, I'll be happy when this. Well, damn, that's why you're never going to be happy because you're saying you're going to be happy in the future, not now. Um, You know what I mean? I could definitely go off on a whole long tangent about that stuff, but... The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle was a powerful book that I read. Do you read, by the way? I read. I used to read. I've had trouble reading recently. I'm trying to get back into reading. There's a book that my that my father gave me called uh, Le Parfum. It's the perfume. 
It's a very good book, and I'm two-thirds of the way through. You gave it to me two years ago, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back home in like three weeks and saying, I finished the book. You've been asking me each time I get home, I finished it this time. So um, it's very much, it's a lot less, um, how to say, uh, it's not that deep, I think. It's really, it's a fiction book. But the the whole story about it, if, um, if you're interested, is um, it's this person that's born and um, and he lives life through smell. He's not blind, but essentially everything he sees is smell and it's significantly more accentuated than a human life. He can describe smells to a degree of precision that just isn't shared by any other human. And so he goes from there and he's poor kid who came from nothing and um and the story kind of goes through him becoming like uh someone who creates perfumes but in the midst of all this there's death which is it was extremely bizarre because essentially there's in the story there's at one point he smells something and he thinks it's the most divine smell he's ever smelled and he goes to that direction and he finds a woman in the middle of the street and in the most casual writing i've ever seen he murders the girl to just collect that smell. And then as the story goes on, each time he leaves someone, the person that he has left, whether it was like the person he was getting an apprenticeship for knowing how to make perfume or the person that was kind of studying him when he came back from like seven years in the mountains, each time he leaves, that person dies. And it's the most casual writing ever. It was very, very surprising the way it was written. But yeah, I'm not really over it. <laughs> yeah no I can tell it's powerful I only ask because I know reading for me is really important like if I were not a reader if I didn't read some of the books that I, I have then I wouldn't be here um like just knowing the importance of my money making money I wouldn't even have known that concept if I didn't pick up a book because uh, I didn't go to college for example so picking up books is what I do just to keep my education on point but Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki is why I'm in the NFT crypto market. You know, I, I knew that you could work for money, but as soon as I knew money could work for you, I was like, mind blown. Holy shit. That's something my parents wasn't going to teach me. I don't even think they know. I'm teaching them <laughs> that right now, matter of fact. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I bring up reading. I was kind of going to jump on because I, like, I was going to jump on like the background part. So what, if you if you don't mind speaking about it, of course, what is your like background in life to kind of like the, the education side, how you, how is that, what do you come from, basically? Mm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah, I'm just a 22-year-old gay-ass woman in Kentucky, you know what I mean? That's um, an interesting combination. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Um, parents. Uh, I think my dad was born and raised here. My mom was like born in Texas or something, but I don't really come from much. You know what I mean? Um, went to elementary, middle and high school, had bad senioritis. You know, I wanted to drop out of high school second year of being there, really. Uh, Fun. And, yeah, you know, right. And then I don't know something I told you about, like that quote unquote awakening, which I hate that word. Yeah. It's so overused and misused. But yeah. I had that, like, uh, you know, revelation 
in school and I was like holy shit this stuff is dumb as hell I have no clue like you learn a lot in school but what are the real life applications like once I learned that I was not going on once I learned that I was not learning stuff that I could apply to real life that's when I really stopped giving a fuck um about school so I had bad senioritis um and and that didn't make sense to me to go to college right after senior year and pay for it when I wanted to drop out of free high school like free public school so took a gap year never really went to college um I don't think college is for everyone I do see that narrative changing um like the the tradition is changing at first tradition was you know graduate high school, go to college. I think people are now learning that's not for everyone. If you want to specify in a profession, like, you know, be a doctor, be a psychologist, go to college. I definitely, if I went to college, uh, which I still can go, but I'm not, um, I would go for psychology. But I know I'm just not doing that because I'm not going to waste the time. I'm not going to waste the money. I just, I do want to be an entrepreneur. Um, And this stuff did just come from reading. You know, I worked a security officer job. So I I work in a part of Kentucky where Ford, the the Ford plant is. So they just make a bunch of trucks. Um, And I was a security officer just protecting those trucks since they cost thousands of dollars or whatever. And just sitting in a shack for eight hours a day, making $12 an hour. I brought my laptop with me every day, started going on YouTube videos, reading books, and went down the rabbit hole of everything. So, yeah, now I just... um, not going to college to read for education um you know i've had a few jobs before working in web three flipping burgers going and drive through filling pet prescription pills uh that's just like a, a bit of my background i don't know yo you know i thought um i don't know i don't know what to say i could say a lot of things here about me but that all ties into like how we met um and everything but yeah i'm also uh, I'll probably will have to go here in five, 10 minutes because my partner's really getting impatient with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I mean, I typically, I had a question to close it off last time with New Dumb Money, which is interesting because he has a not the completely similar background, but he had um, he was a construction worker and uh, would bring his laptop. But what he was doing on his laptop was not watching videos and, uh, and reading books. He was um, trading Bitcoin. <laughs> which is ironically why he's called new dumb money but i think the the good question to close it off which i think is genuinely interesting for a lot of people is what was the what is the point for you of like what do you what do you want to like what do you want your legacy to be essentially what do you want to like do with your life that leaves a mark or doesn't or that kind of the purpose for you mm. Hmm. Yeah, that ties into what I was saying earlier. I do want to impact a lot of people positively, whether that's continuing to speak my own truth and how I view the world, or whether that's making something and changing other people's lives um, beneficially. You know, I, I want to plant trees, for example, for a living. Um, I, I'm a naturalist, for example, would love to start growing my own food. And just the way I think, typically, I, I do um think differently than others so I guess my legacy would be I want to I want to impact a lot of people positively to think for themselves think differently and voice their opinions voice the way they think um one of my role models I never knew 
who was my role model. I never, like, really had one of those. I mean, my parents are cool, but they're young as fuck, to be honest. Like, um, so one of my role models is Timothy Leary, which was coined, like, one of the most dangerous mans of America in the 60s or 70s. And that's just because he discovered um, what LSD acid is. And he opened up his mind and he wanted every, yeah, he wanted everybody else to see, like, what he found. And wanted everybody to think for themselves and question authority, like start questioning what you're given instead of following blindly, start thinking for yourselves and start voicing your opinion because other people likely will feel the same way. So if I had to die, like if I died yes tomorrow or something, yesterday, (laughs) if I died tomorrow or something, I would hope that I've impacted enough people um, to start changing, you know, the natural or changing the general narrative of things um because i don't know there's a lot of systems created that are in our benefit but also deterring us um and deferring us apart separating us yada 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 so i just want people to all come together um human nature shit to kick in it all comes back full circle to what we've been talking about this whole rip really and i'm just hoping that everybody can go get on the same page with those things just my little short answer. I don't I don't really know. I just want people to vibe. I want to impact positively. I'm going to continue talking my ass off and I want to hear other people talk their asses off. Like give me different perspectives. I want everybody to share their own perspectives so we can all come down to a conclusion of what we think is the right thing instead of hearing one narrative, one perspective and thinking that's the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That was uh quite beautiful. So well, on that note, let's uh, let's let your partner not be too impatient. Um, so I have, let's close it off with the POAPs. So I have, like, I talked to you about that. For all the listeners, essentially, you can mint an NFT. It's completely free. Um, and you just get to have proof that you attended the spaces. So I guess I'm really not sure how to distribute this. Essentially, there are links. So I guess I'll just tweet it out, pin it to the, um, pin it to the spaces. And if you want to grab any of the links, you can click on one, mint it, and you get a little POAP. Basically, it's an NFT on Gnosis Chain, which is EVM compatible. And yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to take a screenshot, too, of all the people, just in case yeah. I'll play DM them. Um, awesome. Just thanking them, too, because I'm appreciative of everyone who tuned in and thankful for you for having me on. But I'll, I'll definitely probably share these recordings and DM the people who uh, visited us today. Awesome. That sounds great. So I think that I tweeted or did the tweet not go through? doesn't look like the tweet went through. Okay. Let's see if I can figure this out without looking like too much of a dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there should be somewhere around 10 links, which should be way enough. Oh, the text of your tweet exceeds the number of allowed URLs. That's a thing. Oh, damn. I guess you can okay. only probably have like two or three URLs. Got it. So apparently you can get seven at least. Maybe you can get eight, but I just took a random number. Okay, so if anyone wants to mint those, you can. They're... How do I pin it to the... Okay. I know how to do this. But anyways, so that's the POAPs. If anyone wants to check them out. And um, on that note, if you want to, I guess, like share your um, your socials and anything you want people to check out, um, 
Um, Tell, go for it. <laughs> hmm. Not really. I don't really publicize my podcast that much since I haven't focused on it. Um, let me see. No, I think I'm good. Um, other than that, just like follow me. I'd be on Twitter. I'd be on Discord. I'm doxxed, so high key, you can look up Nepa Tito on any social platform, and you'll probably find me, including my Facebook, which I don't like. I might have to change that. <laughs> so that's that's that. Just Nepa Tito. Look, even Nepa Tito that soul. If you try to send me some money, y'all. <laughs> no but uh no socials nothing shared by me i did share the tweet and i'll dm everyone in here so appreciate you for having me on pedro i'll probably dm you after this um, Absolutely. within a few hours um but yeah that works i might be asleep by then but <laughs> oh wait what time is it for you it's actually eleven fifteen already p.m oh shit okay yeah it's yeah. five over here so you're you're overseas you're like in europe yeah. area or something yeah exactly i'm in switzerland okay that makes sense yeah, yeah well i i appreciate you for hosting this and having me and hope you have a good night you too. i was really happy to have you and yeah so i think on my end next episode should be next tuesday actually on the 7th i think um and i believe it will be with jord's so earliest adopter, the founder of Soul Boogles, and uh, with more Poaps, which actually, Nepa, this is really cool. I think I should have an artist that is making nice Poaps. So that's going to be oh, really shit. cool. Yeah. And, um, Are you going to start having the Poaps for every other podcast? I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to see if I can do it. But they might not all be super nice, but I'll do my best. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, I'll chat to you. And for anyone on the stage, follow Nepa and follow me for more podcasts. Thank you, Pedro. I'll see you. Thanks a lot. I'll end it with a bit of lo-fi and uh, and go with that. Okay. Talk soon. <laughs>